welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. And I'm Herfy Durfy. And this is Go Mode, a link to the past randomizer. Uh oh. Whoa. That's, that's, Whoa. that's What's something. What's happening there? Tim, you broke something. Yeah. Do we have to kick the music machine or something? Like the fonts? Yeah, give it a, give it a kick. Okay, hang kick. on. I'll, I'll try with my elbow. Okay. <clears throat> Oh. Did that work? Okay, now it's it's backwards. Oh, it's backwards uh, now. Ooh, oops. okay, kick it again the exact same way. Okay, one second. <clears throat> How about okay. now? Uh, I th you know what? That's good enough. Okay, yeah. Sounds, sounds I think right. that's Have good. Have you tried turning it off and back on again? Oh, oh let's try classic. that. Let's, yeah, let's try that. Oh my god, that fixed it. Yay. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's like the IT guy's like trump card right there. Yes, that's. I mean, it, to be fair, it works like ninety percent of the time. So Very true. It, it should be. Yeah. Well, uh, guys, today we are going to be talking about some glitches, and that's probably why that happened to the music there. Just a little bit of residual uh, uh, glitch magic from our conversation with our guest today, Chex Human. So we're excited to get you into that. Uh, major glitches is a huge, huge topic. There's so much to cover. So in order to kind of uh, scope it down a little bit and be able to get a little more in-depth, uh, we only covered overworld glitches today. So uh, we just finished up that interview, and uh, we will get you into that as soon as we finish up going over the news from the last couple weeks. So our headliner this time, uh, the buzz, I should say, is the ALTTPR League Season 3. So here's the deal. We're recording this on October 10th, Saturday. You will be, uh, if you listen to this the day it comes out, uh, you are hearing this on Wednesday the 14th. Uh, the League is doing a reveal stream to announce all of the teams and divisions and just kind of, you know, talk over kind of like a League, uh, you know, pre-show kind of thing. They're doing that on October 11th tomorrow, which is Sunday, um, which I Tuesday Tim let you know about in the last episode. So we're in a weird position where the stream hasn't happened yet. But uh, huge shout outs to Fear and to Dante as, uh, you know, league admins. We do have that information here. So even though the stream hasn't happened yet, uh, you know, as you're listening to this, it already happened. And we can talk about some of the information that was distributed on that stream. So with that, let's go ahead and open up these rosters and divisions and uh, let's take a quick look at the uh, teams we have. So there's four divisions. There's Kakariko, Lost Woods, Skull Woods, and Misery Mire. And each one has eight teams. So there's four divisions of eight teams. Uh, what do you guys think about these divisions? I mean, to be honest, they all sort of look stacked because this is the Invitational League <laughs> and it's all of the like really good players. But are there any divisions in particular that stand out to you guys? I mean, uh. to me, I'll say the one that stands out to me is my division because I saw it and I was like, well, I'm not going to get to take place in playoffs probably. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to feel or feels that way now that they've seen their uh, their divisions because, uh, I mean, it, it is the Invitational for a reason and uh, it, it's going to be super, super exciting. A lot of... Um, familiar names uh i see that you know a big change here with the team error 216 uh Buane no longer with them but they have brought on big dunka um who was uh on one of the teams in season two so you know having him added is uh definitely a huge asset for them uh, i noticed that Linkalot's team 
you know, OP get good. I guess they got good since they're in the <laughs> Invitational. That little bit of a name change. And uh, the, you know, checks mentioned to this about the name change with uh, Kinda Rando retired. He's joining up with Faraime and Kiong. They dropped Superman Taylor. Uh, and now their name is Komodo Hypers. I'm not sure how they got that, but I love it. Um, I know I'm kind of going through this one. I'll let somebody else go through another one in a second. But uh, Synax team, you know, they brought Rick back as well, uh, but did bring in the addition of uh, Fred Coughlin and uh, with them being called the Bomb Squad now. I, I got to say that we, we dug deep, you know, with the way this is stacking up. The Titans Mitts have changed their name to uh, the 2019 Titans Mitts of 2019. And kind of a nod to one of those all-star teams on a sports game, you know, where you throw back to a certain year. Uh, we got to dig deep for that little bit of let's shock the world mentality, I feel like, to uh, do well in this yeah. division. Yeah, like the 85 Bears or the 98 Bulls yeah, or something. Like I, I told him, I told him when we started this, I said, we're the 1998 Bulls. This is the last dance. We got <laughs> to make something happen. But... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that division. I mean, but seriously, every division is like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, they're they're all incredible. I don't think you can count any one of these uh, divisions out um, or any of the teams in them. But I did also want to highlight Misery Meyer. Just kind of looking at some of the teams here, um, they've got uh, a, an absolute powerhouse of a team with they vetoed our acronym. Uh, which is Korek, Gem, and Ak the Boker. I'm not even going to no tell you what their yeah. acronym was. I don't want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe it in was, our Discord or something. It was like 50 characters long. It was like a whole oh. story. <laughs> like their team name was a story, and then they just took the first letter of every word and sent it to us, and we were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, definitely be on the lookout for that team. Three uh, really, really magnificent players there. Um, also, Old Swagga Jackson um, with Walther the Fourth, Kern, and Mark Nificent. I think that's going to be another team to look out for. Um, WJPDTB, speaking of ridiculous acronyms, has uh, Bruce Fan JP in the name of DT and Willard J. Bradley. Um, so just a few of the uh, really, really strong teams that are in that division. I think that's going to be one to look out for. Uh, now, in the open division, we also have those teams assembled as well. Obviously, there's quite a few more divisions for this one. Um, we have eight divisions here, and each one has seven teams in it. Uh, and that gives us how many teams? Eight times seven? Uh, we, have, we have a lot. Something like that? Yeah. 54? Uh, it's, it's <laughs> I don't eight, know. I, got, I think it's it 84, if I'm being honest. Uh, not, no, uh, not 84. 84 minus 32. Right. That's, that's what we've okay. got. So 52. Yeah. Okay, 52. Math. Uh, I used to be good at it. <laughs> Never not doing anymore. math live. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all these teams. There's just a ton of teams. Uh, my team is among them. Um, we've been doing some practice, uh, my, myself and my two teammates on, on the long shots. That's Arresta and Tyler Salt. We've done a couple of, uh, open co-op seeds, um, you know, async against other teammates, just kind of see how we stack up, you know, get ready for that experience of the co-op thing. It's been a lot of fun. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot different. Um, you know, I had one done, I had done one before with Moogle Charm in the past for one of our bi-weekly seeds. Uh, but after doing a few more, um, there's, there's a lot to learn. It's not, it's not easy to do a co-op seed. There's, uh, there's a lot to think about. 
Uh, Dante, obviously you are uh, preparing for some Invitational League competition. What kind of things are you doing to get ready? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Uh, no. Just being really <laughs> naturally talented and uh, just relying on your I natural just, skills? I crap excellence. Isn't that the saying? But no, I, uh, yeah. uh, I, my team's been playing a, a little bit of co-op. Uh, I know uh, at least Nep has been taking a little bit of a break. I kind of took a break there for a bit with like right before those qualifiers and um, you know, it, it's always nice to be refreshed, I feel like, but, um, you know, doing, doing these practices for co-op, it, it's kind of a, you want to be as efficient as you can. We've talked about that before and mm-hmm. we want to just go for efficiency and, you know, hope the items fall in line where they need to. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, all these modes that we've got, I, I'm familiar with. So it's, it's one of those things of maybe play one to kind of dust off you know, or get the dust off or the rust out and then, you know, have it out and see how it goes. I got to say, though, it's pretty interesting, you know, back, backing up a little bit to talk about the teams. Uh, there's going to be a new champion this this well season. Uh, there's the, the defending two-time champion, uh, uh, Team Awesome, has completely disbanded, if you didn't notice mm. that. So, mm. um Yoshi has joined up with Shireen and Schulzer for Triple Dino Disaster. Hitsuyan, I'll be honest, he was having some trouble finding a team to begin with. I was wondering if he was going to make it, but uh, joined up with Ace Zero and Waterloo to make uh, We Are the Imposters. Uh, mm. And Ramon actually was going to uh, be out, and then uh, they had. We've had a couple teams have some issues, and they had to have people drop for one reason or another. And uh, Ramon's joining up with. Uh, a team that in the Thieves Town division that I'll let her pronounce, maybe. Uh, but <laughs> if I can find it, uh, uh, if two guesses what language it's in. <laughs> oh man, oops, da war es auch nicht. Which basically translates to oops, that's not where it was either. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think Divisigns was, uh, a former teammate and had to, to drop for personal reasons, which, uh, you know, is totally understandable. Uh, you know, real life always does come first in these situations, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the reveal stream was a huge success and, um, yeah, this is like, it's going to be super fun. Yeah. That's a super called shot, by the way. I, since I did take the time to explain the timeline of how everything went down for you to say that the reveal stream was, was good when it I actually mean, has not look, happened. I'm, I, <laughs> I respect I the re- hell out of it. That's all I'm saying. I just try to record this like I'm talking to the people on Wednesday. You got to put on that like fake acting hat for a moment. So we really should. Right, honestly, yeah. I hope the reveal yeah. stream went well. <laughs> <laughs> no, we really, every other show I listen to, they just talk like it's the day that it came out. And they don't qualify it ever. And I'm like, we always are like, no, you have to understand the day that we're recording, you know? So maybe we should make a pivot. But uh, the last thing I wanted to say about this league stuff is, Dante, I love the kind of um, like off season stuff that you're sharing about, like, well, this player, they disbanded, they had to go to this team, that team. Uh, and I, I think it's been difficult for me to follow that kind of thing because there have been so many teams or there was so many teams yeah. last season. And I'm really looking forward to now that we've like really locked down this invitational league to 32 teams, being able to follow the story of teams and of players a little bit more closely. I'm, I'm like really looking forward to that aspect of it, I think. And uh, 
Also reminds me, I wonder if uh, Fantasy is going to get kicked back up. I haven't heard anything about that, but that's another nice thing about the Invitational League is it's like you don't feel quite as bad about kind of you know drafting and players and having them be on your team when it's like no, you're here because you're good. So like it's time to be good. Um, that should be a lot of fun too. Oh yeah, so, we'll see. Um, cool. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, we've just got some quick tournament updates. We've been telling you about this cross keys tournament tournament that's been going on for months and months. Um, I think it's just about to be finished up here very soon. Uh, so since the last time we reported, uh, Lin 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 has beaten T Stu 14 and Violet Pumpkin to join Andy in the winner's bracket. So now it's Lin 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 versus Andy. Um, Andy will get a series reset if he loses this best of five, but right now he is up, uh, two to one on Lin 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 as of the date of this recording. So, psych! So just a quick correction from Tuesday, Temp. Apparently the way they did it in this, Lin 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 can't reset the bracket. What they did instead was they just gave Andy a single game advantage in this final set. Also, as of Tuesday the 13th, the count is Andy 2, Lin 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 1. Uh, we should have a winner by the next episode, and uh, we'll uh, be able to crown a, the Cross Keys 2020 champion. Um, and then, of course, we have the Speed Gaming Live 2020 qualifiers that just wrapped up. Those were, uh, you know, a big topic of discussion um, in the last episode. And uh, now that they're over, we're kind of, you know, looking more towards League. But we do have the final uh, rankings of these qualifiers here. So I wanted to open this up and just uh, sort of acknowledge a few of the folks that have uh, made it into the top, you know, 60 or 70 or so. Uh, now, as we explained last time, it's sort of difficult to say exactly who, like, quote, made it and who didn't because we still have to figure out, you know, who has a ticket, who's actually going to participate, who might drop out because they can't play, you know, five races in however many days. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't say exactly like who qualified and who, who didn't. But um, I did want to acknowledge there are quite a few uh, mentor tournament participants that uh, finished up, finished this up pretty pretty high up in the rankings. Um, we had uh, Leoria finishing at 74th, which is very impressive. Fred, a.k.a. Durf, uh, at 77, and DJ Darkwing D at 79. Um, so I think uh, all, you know, hats off to all three of those uh, folks. Also, Windfox, uh, 470 um, in there as well. Uh, so yeah, just the hats off to, you know, a mentor tournament uh, mentees who were able to, you know, put up a, a really impressive showing in this, um, you know, very public kind of community event. And then, of course, a ton of our mentors are, are you know, all over these qualifiers as well. That's why they were our mentors, because they're very good at the game. Um, so, yeah, uh, before we move on, um, I'll, I'll turn it over to my co-host here. Any thoughts about these qualifiers now that we're sort of on the other side of them? Uh, I think we covered most of the stuff last time we talked about them. I'm kind of glad they're over now. I'm glad it went mostly okay. Uh, and I think it still turned out, you know, pretty much how you would expect it to, I, I would say. It's, you know, as you said, it's kind of hard to get a real, like, detailed look at who qualified and who definitely didn't qualify right now. But if you just look over the names in the top 80 or something... It kind of looks like what you would expect from the participants, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just glad I got five in because uh, I didn't expect to last podcast. And, yeah. Uh, I ended up doing five in four days and kind of was like, all right, I'm done with Rando again for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And uh, congratulations to you, Dante, for uh, coming in seventh in these qualifiers. Very, very impressive. I don't want to leave that out. I almost like take for granted how good you are a lot of the time. <laughs> but you are very, very good. And we're, we're lucky to have your input I mean, on the show. And congrats. It's, it is. Well, thanks. But it, it is rando. You know, uh, this, that's kind of why I like to talk about execution a lot, you know, is things you can improve on. You can always improve execution to a certain degree. Um, sometimes you just make right choices. Sometimes you make wrong choices. That's part of what rando is about, the puzzle side. And um, I, I think I got a little, a little bit lucky and I just was able to play, uh, I guess I'll say well. Not not fantastic, but, you know, well. <laughs> mm-hmm. My final rank was 115th. I had that one where I, uh, you know, dot done like 10 minutes after I actually crossed the bridge. I was not able to get that overturned because I didn't have local recording. So that is a lesson for me to learn, uh, relearn whenever there's a delay. Make sure that you have your uh, local recording. Um, and... Also, the fifth qualifier that I did, which was uh, the one on September 27th at 6 p.m., number 13, I uh, played really, really well and got a PB. I, I got a 116.51. I finished in 16th place out of 54 runners in that one. And then that result was summarily dropped. <laughs> it did not count for anything. But I'm just happy that, you know, I was able to get a PB uh, in a very, you know, public setting and where a lot of people were around. There were people like TM and me like, whoa, dude, 116. Nice job. Um, so that was overall a nice, like, uh, final ending point to Speed Gaming Live qualifiers for me. I was I was definitely happy with that result. The The fastest or the last time recorded in that race was a 134.46 so like it was a jet to to be sure but um yeah, yeah I, I felt like i played well and i'm, I'm happy yeah so. it's still it's kind of cool to hear that you know from last time to this time you both kind of turned it around in a way i remember you know dante being worried that he wouldn't get five in and he managed to get five in the place really well in the end and you were kind of, you know, talking about your bad luck streak with what happened and all these qualifiers yeah. and how terribly everything was going. And then you just dish out this amazing PB. So I'm, I'm glad it kind of turned around for both of you at the end. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. I mean, good. TNT, we know drama. Like, can we can we get a sponsorship? We know how to <laughs> tell a feel good story. <laughs> um, yeah, we know drama. <laughs> Uh, All right, so let's uh, touch on the ladder. So season three uh, is going to end in a couple days, as you're hearing this, on the 17th. So we don't quite have our winners crowned yet, but uh, we will very soon. And then, of course, we will be on to the ladder season four. Herf, do you want to go over the modes that we have lined up for season four ladder? Sure. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of a change in the in the modes. Obviously, uh, people voted for some of them, and uh, there's obviously the one new mode that uh, Danka introduced. So we're starting out with uh, open boots, which is one of the quick modes, quote unquote. So you've got three hours for that. After open boots, it's going to move over to cross keys. Uh, one of the longer modes. Then we've got a reduced crystal mode that people were voting for. So that got in reduced crystal 6-6. It's another short or quick mode with uh, only three hours. Uh, After that, we've got uh, everyone's favorite mystery seed, uh, five-hour seed. Uh, The changes to the mystery weights, uh, there haven't been a lot as far as I'm aware, but if you want to look at them, they're on the ladder discord. They have their own channel where everything is listed in much detail. 
Um, mm -hmm. And then after the mystery seat, you get over to casual boots, uh, another three-hour seat. And last but not least, we've got an Invrosia, which gets four hours. So you, you'll notice that the times have been shifted around a little bit. So we can get that Inrosia in there and it gets four hours because it's not quite, you know, a, a normal open boots or casual boots, but it's not quite a, a cross keys or up there in the super advanced stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, six different modes in the rotation. I'm really excited for Reduce 6.6. Six, uh, that I know it's not a super popular mode. I enjoy it. I like the uh, implications and choices it makes you make. Mm -hmm. When it's like, okay, um, what item could I potentially cut out of needing to get if I only need six crystals? And what dungeon should I go to in order to make that happen? Um, I just think it's kind of neat. So I'm looking forward to doing some of those um, in, the, in the fourth season. Yeah, we, we've had some discussion, Duncan and I, we've had some discussion about this beforehand. Because people just voted for reduced crystals with no further you know, qualifier. Yeah. They, didn't, they weren't able to say, all right, we want reduced crystal 6-6 six, six, or we want reduced crystals 1-1 one, one, or something crazy like that. Yo, that would be wild. Yeah, right? <laughs> it would be. So we were kind of discussing, all right, which way do we want to approach this? Because there's sort of, you know, two ways you can approach this. The one is what we have now, which is the 661, which is basically still a normal way to play the seed, I would say, in a way. But you've got the strategic choice of which crystal do I skip? What is the yeah. most beneficial crystal to me that I can skip in the seed? Or... Yeah. You can look at it the other way, which is, you know, people just want really crazy stuff and they want like a reduced 1-4 or 1-3 or something super insane that makes it either super quick or super hard. And uh, we both kind of talked about it and discussed it a little bit and then ended up on 6-6 six, six because we both like, you know, the added strategy that that brings, but it doesn't turn it into a complete clown fiesta every time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I, I play a bunch of ladder. Uh, by a bunch, I mean like maybe one, one or two a week. It's probably not a bunch to a lot of people. But that's kind of the main way these days that I that I play. Uh, with the league coming up, I'll probably be doing a little bit more of that. Um, and, you know, I've already been practicing for it. But ladder is just so, like, solid and consistent. It's always there. It's, like, it's perfect for a weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, you know there's going to be at least one that's at a good time where you can just sit down and, and uh, you know, and play along. So I love it. I love ladder. Um, cool. All right. So I had this thought the other day, and I've been waiting for an opportunity to ask you guys about this. It's so dumb. It's extremely <laughs> dumb. But All right. So I'm going to preface Temp's thing here with, saying he had the opportunity to tell us and he said i'm gonna wait till the episode because it's not that important but i want to bring it up and get you guys gut check reaction so herf and i haven't heard what this is until right now <laughs> all right do you guys remember legends of the hidden temple yeah yeah sure okay okay yeah did you like it i did yeah uh, I was just thinking about it the other day and I couldn't help but notice the similarities between the hidden temple itself and Rando. Okay. Okay, yeah, where's this going? <laughs> All right, so for, for folks who aren't familiar, Legends of the Hidden Temple was a Nickelodeon show in the 90s that um, was not unlike, you know, Guts. It's like kids are participating in a game show with like physical challenges and there's six teams. There's like orange iguanas and silver snakes. Purple um, parrots. 
purple parrots yeah um <laughs> green monkeys uh i wish we could name them all but i i think it's blue barracudas yeah uh there's one more uh we'll maybe look up silver monks no that's something else purple no you already said the parrot one anyway so these teams compete in like um you know physical challenges and also like a trivia game until there's only uh one team left and that team gets to take a run at this temple and there's like 12 rooms throughout and they all have different themes like there's one that's like all dark but like there's glow in the dark like skeletons in it there's one that's like this pit that you can swing across and like if you fall you fall into like this foam pit but you're looking for this relic that's uh, placed in a different room every episode and uh, you're just trying to make your way through the dungeon to get that and get back and I just I don't know it just occurred to me the other day that like it's very very similar it's also a 90s thing much like A Link to the Past um, and I just wondered if maybe there was an overlap between people who loved this show as a kid like I did and people who are really into ALTTPR now I mean <laughs> I don't really see the exact um correlation it's kind of a puzzle but i think i remember reading some article that the show was technically rigged uh, uh what yeah like the final thing it, it was i don't want to say it was like fully rigged i i vaguely remember seeing something on reddit about this where that final sequence where they were running through the temple like they, it was predetermined if they were going to win like or if what? they were going to have a chance to win because they could still be really dumb because sometimes they were but oh yeah, mostly yeah, they certainly dumb. were. But yeah, mostly like dumb. sometimes I think it they like had no chance. I could be very wrong on that, but I vaguely remember reading something about that. To be honest, well, what the, I, yeah, I feel ahead. like most of these game shows from the '90s, where it seemed like they only had the stupidest kids in the world on, I feel like most of these had to be rigged because I just can't imagine finding such a vast amount of really stupid teenagers there's got to be a winner in there at some point right yeah there is a couple episodes where people have won it does not happen very often uh one of the things that you compete for before you go to the temple is like these tokens and there are temple guards that can grab you and if you get grabbed you can give them a token and keep going but if you don't have any tokens then you have to stop and your partner can come in and they have to start from the beginning so like once the first person's out, then almost you almost never see the second mm -hmm. person do anything, uh, you know, of, of any consequence. Uh, so, yeah, playing for these tokens, you know, I could see a situation where like, OK, the first person's only going in with a half token and the, one of these random temple guards is in one of the first rooms. Like, yeah, you're done. There's, there's nothing you can do about that. I could definitely see a situation where that happens. Um, but, yeah, and to your to her, to your point about all these kids being so dumb. Yeah, it's it, I guess it, I'm sure it's so different to be in the maze and running around and all sweaty with this like giant oh, yeah, yellow helmet sure, on for sure versus yeah. being on the TV and seeing the whole dungeon map and being like, just go down one and over two, you idiot. You know, like and they just uh, need to like press these... X and look at the map. <laughs> yeah, just exactly. hover across that gap. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it, it seemed and like there's this infamous thing called the Shrine of the Silver Monkey, where there's these three parts to this pendant to this like uh, uh, like statue kind of thing. And you have to put it in the pedestal in the right order. And kids could never get this right. They would oh always God. mess it up, be facing <laughs> the wrong way. And you're just like screaming at the screen like 
trying to get them to to get it right. They would just waste so much time in that shrine shrine room. So um, while we're discussing, uh, and I put this in Discord, but there's a Cinema Blend article, so take that for what it's worth. Um, and they're quoted as saying the producers were only allowed to give out eight championships per year. There was a budget, oh, and that's no. the truth of that. So that's probably where I saw something. This is back from 2016. So it's probably where I initially saw this uh, about wow. it being rigged. So that's yeah, heartbreaking. It is. I, to hear it. I think it's one of those memories that's best left as a memory. Like if you tried to go back and watch a, an episode of this, I don't think you would have a very good time. Mm-hmm. It, it existed in its time and, and is sort of a relic of that. And I cherish those memories. Uh, I, I absolutely loved this show and uh, I love Rando. And I just wondered if maybe that was uh, not as much of a coincidence as I might've thought, but that's cool. Anyway, thanks for going on that journey with me. Sorry to keep you waiting. I told you it was stupid. I told you it was extremely dumb. Um, all right, let's knock out some GMP community updates real quick. Okay, so episode 57, we had our Inverosia. I'm sorry, I didn't play this one. Dante, did you play it? No, I accidentally clicked on the spoilers channel and saw there were no boots, so I didn't play it. <laughs> Good excuse. <laughs> I mean, once you clicked on the spoilers channel, that pretty much was the, you know, the, thing uh, the first thing like, I clicked it and I was instantly trying to click off of it. And I saw somebody say, where were the boots? And I'm like, all right, there's no boots. I'm not playing it. <laughs> um, I didn't play it because uh, a few days ago, I really wanted to organize a BWS restream. Uh, and so we decided to do a vodcast. And for that reason, I had to look at everybody's times. And then once I had seen everyone's times, I was like, well. Even even though that seems like a really minor spoiler, I don't like being able to see a full range of people's times, and I already sort of know their skill level because it gives you kind of an idea of like the difficulty of the seed. Um, so that was sort of my excuse for not doing it. But on the plus side, we were able to host one of those BWS restreams. It's been a while since we had done that, and Amerith stepped up and, and organized this, and uh, that was last Friday. So we'll put a link to that uh, VOD in the description and uh, be on the lookout for more of those. So, you know, we want to try to do this uh, for each biweekly seed, you know, have either a vodcast where we t- play two people's attempts at it side by side and commentate on it, or, you know, just a traditional race where we have two people get together that haven't played it yet and race it in real time. Um, we want to do more of those. So if you're interested in participating in that or commentating or tracking or restreaming, um, be sure to get in our Discord and uh, ping an admin about that. Um, now, what to do about episode 58's bi-weekly seed. We're in a bit of a bind. We've discussed this at length already behind the scenes. It's time to finally make a decision on it. Obviously, the feature for this episode is overworld glitches. It would make sense to generate a seed with overworld glitches logic in keeping with the theme of the episode. However, we realize that it's not the most accessible sort of thing, and some folks might just outright skip it if we do that. And I totally understand that that stance. What do you guys think? Having talked about this a little bit, uh, it's finally kind of judgment time. Should we do an overworld glitches seed, or should we do something else? I'm going to vote to do the basic logic overworld glitches, which mm-hmm. is v- the VTorp's favorite preset. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. fine with that. Okay. Yeah, so I think, you know, what we kind of landed on was we like using these biweekly seeds as an opportunity to uh, get folks to play modes that they maybe haven't played before. 
you know, part of the aspect of biweekly seeds is the competitive nature where you put in your time and we have a leaderboard. I don't, I mean, you, of course, you know, go as fast as you can and feel free to use this as a competition if you want to, but I would really recommend using this as just like a chance to play a mode that you probably haven't played before. We're also going to generate the spoiler seed, so you'll have that at your disposal. Um, now, I don't think it would be a good idea to just like have that up next to you while you're playing, but I do think you could kind of think of it as like an escape room, you know, asking for a hint when you're stuck to help you get a little bit further along so you're not... Um, you know, just kind of like uh, stuck, I guess. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do an overworld glitches. If you want to skip, that's totally fine. You know, maybe check out like the, the Reddit seed this time because I know they do regular seeds. Uh, and we'll be back next time with something probably more in line with what we normally do, like an open 7-7 type situation. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. Overworld glitches logic, which means that the items are uh, scrambled in a way that assumes you can do these overworld glitches that we're going to talk about with Chex Human here in, in just a little bit. Um, so give it a go and uh, share your thoughts in our in our uh, Discord once you're finished. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our feature. As I said, we have Chex Human on. Very excited for you guys to hear that. I think we did a pretty good job setting it up in the feature itself. So let's go ahead and uh, lift the rock and step into interview world. Up next on the show, we are joined by a special guest uh, today. Here we have Chex Human. Chex Human, hello. Hello. So uh, we're very happy to have you on. Specifically today, you're going to be telling us about overworld glitches. And uh, we'll we'll definitely get into the specifics of that versus major glitches, how it's different from the kind of regular ALTTPR that I think a lot of us are familiar with. But before that, let's talk a little bit uh, with Chex Human about his rando history. So Chex Human, tell us how you got into it uh, and kind of your story from then to now with rando. Yeah, thanks for having me. I got into Rando in 2017. I saw that Entrance Shuffle was being developed, um, and I really wanted to get into that. And this was happening just after, or maybe at the same time as the, yeah, at the same time as the 2017 Spring Tournament, which I know brought in a lot of people. So I was playing Randomizer on my own, um, and then I really, so, hmm, okay, I, I started in the middle, didn't I? <laughs> So basically, uh, wherever makes sense to start is, is fine to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I say I got into randomizer because of entrance shuffle, what I mean is entrance shuffle was something I was watching on on Twitch and that um, encouraged me to join races. Mm. So um, joining races was my way into playing randomizer with other people. And it's because of, you know, seeds were provided on SRL and um, people were racing and um, testing it out. And yeah, and it, it was all pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, and this was just after I started playing Randomizer um, that spring. And I joined, I, I don't know how I heard of it exactly. I know it was from a Kotaku article. Um, and maybe one of my friends showed me the article or something like that. Um, but yeah, I started we'll watching research on, on Twitch. Do a little research, see if we can put a link to that in the description. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was really interesting to see what was mm -hmm. going on with a link to the past. Yeah. So um, 
in terms of uh, you know getting into kind of glitches and speed running a link to the past how how did that how did that develop for some reason i was interested in watching glitched g- games um mm-hmm. I, there was a a youtube series of super mario world uh it was like let's glitch super mario world was the title of the series like a let's play but uh, yeah. like a very glitchy one yeah exactly mm-hmm. so i just found it really entertaining to see what would like surprise me in every level mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm kind of predisposed to be interested in that kind of thing and then in terms of alttpr there were some exhibitions on speed gaming the glitched mode was featured i believe it was andy versus christos owen Um, And this was a glitch logic where items could be almost anywhere. Moon Pearl could be in Dark World. And there was also an additional difficulty added to this race where Mm -hmm. only two swords were available, I believe. And there were rupees, (laughs) the rupees that caused you to lose rupees. (laughs) I remember rupees. Aww. Yeah, so this was a very um, uh, old, Fre- frenetic, hectic kind of race. Yeah, yeah, and the features that were demonstrated are no longer really available uh, <laughs> Im- immediately, um, readily. But um, yeah, so it was pretty exciting to see that you can get Link to um, navigate through the dark world without moon pearl get into ganon's tower you know as a bunny um mm-hmm. that kind of thing um and there were other races that were pretty exciting as well um later in 2017 hmm. um so we'll yeah we'll also try to find a link to that uh andy versus christos owen um i, I i'm not I sure it exists like by the way oh really yeah i just tried looking for it again I've tried looking for it before. <laughs> I don't think it's highlighted <laughs> or exported. Well, uh, but there are demonstrations of races from that year that are very good. Yo, guess what? Chex Human was actually able to find a VOD to that glitch exhibition masochist uh, difficulty race that he's talking about. So we have that included in the description. So check that out. So, so you got into, I, I, it sounds like you were kind of attracted to the ability to be able to kind of like work your way around to the game in ways that were not intended um, and, and really ran with that. And uh, Chex Human is a world record holder in several categories of A Link to the Past speed runs. So there's sort of, uh, to, to just describe it very briefly, it's kind of three categories. There's no major glitches, NMG, which is kind of kind of similar to like our normal racing rules that we use. Um, there's major glitches, which is like anything is allowed. And then there's one called restricted major glitches. And um, Chex Human holds uh, uh, four of the world records that are in that category, including reverse boss order, all dungeons, all dungeon swordless, and all bosses. And is also uh, 16th on the RMG leaderboard overall with 29.28. Uh, and, and even has a, a sub-130 NMG time to boot. So uh, Chex Human definitely uh, knows his stuff when it comes to taking advantage of glitches and going fast using them. 
Also, uh, just to run over some ALTTPR achievements, your former racing council member, right? Uh, two terms you've mm-hmm. done. Very good. Um, and uh, also placed second place in a uh, overworld glitches tournament back in 2019. So, oh, and you're also a member of the ALTTPR League team, kind of rando retired with Kyung92 and Furame. Is that correct? The, there will be a name change. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I am excited to be part of it. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Awesome. So, yeah, again, Checks Human, really glad to uh, have you here. How do you play nowadays? Like, how often do you play? What kind of modes do you play mostly? Mostly glitched randomizer, so no logic, uh, major glitches, and overworld glitches. Competitive modes from time to time in tournaments and now league. Entrance shuffle, like I mentioned, really got me into rando. And um, door rando. I'm haven't played in a while, but I think I will be playing a lot more soon. <laughs> awesome. So uh, one of the things I did want to mention before we really dive in here is, um, as I put together sort of a rough outline for this episode, I shared my resources with Chex Human, and he looked over them and was like, "Oh, well, that one's outdated. That one's outdated." So just wanted to start with a quick heads up that if you were to just sort of like go to Google and Google like link to the past major glitches. Uh, you're going to find a lot of resources that may not be fully up to date. There's a lot of changes, you know, that are that are being implemented in this in this field, you know, glitches being discovered and things like that. So just wanted to give you that heads up um, and also say that Checks Human will provide us with some links uh, that he finds to be accurate. And we will put those in the episode description if you want to do more of your own research on this topic. Uh, we'll at least kind of get you started in the right direction for that. Cool. All right. So now I'm, I'm going to pass it over to Dante. Uh, and what I'd like for you to do, Dante, is help us to explain what exactly we're going to be talking about, because there's kind of two sort of ideas that we're straddling at once. And uh, I think having a brief explainer will sort of help help uh, clear this up before we begin. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, kind of this whole glitch category, uh, it didn't start with just randomizer. It, you know, it started with like kind of speed running. So, uh, with speedrunning, there are multiple categories that we know about. There's, uh, you know, NMG. So that was kind of, I guess, one of maybe the first ones, I guess, if you're not a big glitch fan, since that's, you know, no major glitches is what that NMG acronym stands for. Um, there are, you know, what, multiple categories besides just that one. You know, there's an any percent where we can glitch directly to the Triforce room. And, you know, that's just a, a few minutes. Um under NMG, we do have, you know, any percent. We have the low percent where you're intentionally trying to stay as low percent as possible. You have the 100 percent where you have to collect all the items in the game to have like a maxed out inventory. Uh, we even have like partial, I guess, uh, categories as well where you're trying to get to Cane of Verna, Mirror Shield or Master Sword, which I find those kind of uh, hilarious yet awesome in a way, you know, that we're doing those. Um, then you actually ca- so. I'm sorry, related to that, uh, just to ask the group real quick, why do you think there's so many subcategories of, of uh, racing this game or, or you know, trying to play this game as fast as possible? I just think it came from the general love of the game and how much fun people have with it, but they wanted like new or different challenges because just playing the same speedrun over and over and over again, I assume, gets a little bit tiring, even for the most you know, accomplished speedrunners. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, things like low percent and one hundred percent have been around in speedrunning for 
ages, I think. Mm-hmm. But with g- glitched categories, it just gets more and more complicated over time because it started sort of with a very limited knowledge of what glitches are available. So mm-hmm. starting with maybe something like EG, exploration glitch, that was probably one of the main dividers um, early on. I don't know the full history. I wasn't there for the start. But you had things like no EG and then no out of bounds, things like that. Or basically EG and no EG. <laughs> I don't I don't know how it was divided. But since more glitches were discovered, th- those divisions have been more um, in, like intricate. Mm-hmm. And mostly nowadays decided by the racing council, if I'm not mistaken. There's no racing council for A Link to the Past. There's admins and moderators of the Discord and um, the speedrun leaderboards. Are there like documents that are like sort of written up that go into a lot of detail, like a racing council would or has created in, in the randomizer world or? Yeah, is it just well, sort of understood? <laughs> so yeah, each uh, speedrun category has its specific rule set. That's what really allows it to be a category on the leaderboard. Um, mm-hmm. Like you mentioned before, googling ALTTP glitches will not get you a definitive document about what is a list of major glitches, what is a list of minor glitches. Um, yeah. Like that whole entire document does not really exist. And I think it's because people are just mostly interested in discovering new glitches, and it all happens so fast over time that the things are constantly recategorized. I see. Okay. Yeah, it's probably right. kind of my take on that is you know with the with ALTTPR we've got the Racing Council who make you know the rules we'll say for what is allowed, what's not allowed. But with these glitches that are coming out now, you know. This is kind of something we 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 think we have an appearance of uh, the ALTTPR rules like glitches and stuff that are evolving, but that's kind of not really the case. It just all happened for us at one time. But I feel like in the major glitch categories, people are discovering ways to break the game more and more every day. Uh, shout outs to Yuzuhara, but you know that when when those things pop up out of nowhere, it can you know turn a category completely upside down. So that that's kind of why I'm assuming there's no like major documentation that's like saying this is the definitive way because as soon as you write it, it's outdated, almost. Yeah. Um, so basically, what that leaves us with today is we have no major glitches, restricted major glitches, and major glitches. So no major glitches are, uh, you know, we kind of all have come to understand what those minor glitches are, and we've talked about those a lot in the past. And that's not the focus of today's episode. Major glitches is you can do whatever you want, pretty much. Uh, And then that leaves us with this restricted major glitches in the middle. Um, So, Chex, can you kind of walk us through uh, as best you can kind of what what makes restricted major glitches different than, you know, NMG or major? Yes. First of all, for anyone who's interested in speedrunning A Link to the Past, restricted major glitches is a really great way to explore uh, Glitches in speedrunning, basically. <laughs> in other words, there are tutorials and resources on all dungeons, on the all dungeons RMG category, which is actually a category that is kind of exploding mm. in its routing because of a new discovery. 
involving uh, skipping escape, sort of. Oh, wow. So, um, sorry, that's a sidetrack, but it is a, <laughs> a really cool way to get into uh, glitches in the game. So my recommendation is all dungeons for that, or any percent. But restricted major glitches means that there are major glitches that are allowed, but they are restricted to um, mostly clips, out-of-bounds clips, and transition corruptions on the overworld. What I mean is Link can hit a transition on the overworld and do something at the same moment, and something weird will happen. So Link is allowed to do that kind of thing. It's restricted because Link is not allowed to use transition corruptions in the underworld, sort of arbitrarily, um, because it may lead to EG. Um, it may lead to Link being out of bounds, like on the wrong layer, rather. That's what we say by being in EG. Link is has transitioned improperly <laughs> to mm. a different layer. Um, and what being on a, on a wrong layer means is that Link can be underneath the floor, essentially. And mm. Link can transition anywhere in the underworld onto any tile of the un- of the underworld essentially so, so you're basically warping around at that point. yeah yeah ex- it, well yeah <laughs> you can <laughs> go pretty much to any dungeon any cave uh any multi-entrance cave um so when th- when when there's a glitch that allows you to be in eg or it has the power of eg it's kind of meant for the for the major glitches categories not restricted major glitches there's something else like plaid world uh, so <laughs> what yes what is I don't know plaid how much world to i've seen this that. i've seen this term and i have no idea what it means what is plaid world yeah so <laughs> you get to plaid world by using a fake flute in the underworld and what that means is you can use a green potion or blue potion on certain transitions, green potion on a super tile transition, blue potion on a subtile transition, and that will cause Link to flute away to a sort of glitch state overworld screen where Link has very strange collision and can possibly c- collect infinite rupees, and then <laughs> you can splash link to cause him to uh, scroll the screen back to where the game thinks it wants you to be but it's actually in the underworld so what you have is overworld tiles um, and then you can start transitioning anywhere in the underworld and what this causes is very funny graphics strange colors and shapes to be repeated so it it's it was called plaid world after being originally originally called Flunderworld by Pincus, <laughs> but that name did not catch on. Oh, that's a shame. That's the second thing like, uh, Pincus has yeah, like, tried to uh, <laughs> implement a name for, and then it uh, gets shot down, because I think the hook push was something was something else, too. But uh, Oh, man, what was that? That was it, Wonka, was the wa- shot. Wonka yes, Shot. Wonka yeah. Shot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, you, you can never predict thing. what's going to catch on, you know? Right. But yeah. shout-outs to Pinkus for having successful names like Spooky Action at a Distance. Oh, that one's great. Love that one. Oh, yeah. Um, so so just to kind of put a bow on this, and then we'll move on to our, our next header here. Um, 
the, would you say there is a like good concise way to describe restricted major glitches? Because if I may for a second, it sounds like it's the same as NMG, except when it comes to the overworld, you can basically go through layers and, and get around things that you couldn't normally with NMG logic. And I know that wasn't super short, but is that sort of the idea behind it? Yeah, I think the idea is Link can do only certain movements. Um, Link can clip through walls in the overworld or the underworld. Mm -hmm. Link can skip screens on the overworld. That's basically what's allowed that's not allowed in NMG. Okay. All right. So I'm going to turn it back over to Dancy. Pretty much everything we've been talking about before is talking about A Link to the Past, speed running, uh, the, the categorization of those glitches. But then we have the advent of the randomizer, and that really changes things. So um, Dancy, kick it off uh, from there. Yeah, sure. So like, you know, obviously ALTTPR, uh, if you're, you know, a seasoned listener of this podcast, and you're going to know a little bit about it. But uh, obviously, it's like, so we randomize the ALTTP items. Um you know, it puts them at the forefront as far as the accessibility and, uh, you know, by allowing and versus not allowing certain glitches, that's how, you know, the logic works. What we've always talked about on this podcast in the past was, um, the no glitches logic. So in other words, none of the glitches that are even allowed on the, by the racing council are required. And that's why we've always said, it's not a requirement that you learn these things. Uh, it is, you know, you can play the game however you want, as long as you're, you know, not breaking the game too much, etc. Um, and it's kind of like how NMG was. But so now we kind of have these alternative logics with the glitches require none. Uh, and we've we've moved on to uh, and this is kind of what we want to dabble with a little bit today. Uh, and it's a little bit out of our realm. And that's that's why we've got the expert checks here. Uh, overworld glitches. Uh, and that is, you know, it assumes you can kind of perform all out of bounds glitches and like what you can, you know, clip through. We were talking about clipping through uh, walls and rails out in the overworld. And that's kind of what that's mainly for. You still don't want to clip through walls like restricted major glitches do in the underworld with OWG as, as we'll probably call it today, which is overworld glitches. Uh, in addition, we do have the major glitches logic, which is overworld glitches, uh, plus some of that underworld stuff that Chex was describing a little bit of. And uh, then there's the dreaded uh, no logic that, you know, people say, well, how could you play no logic? Because, you know, you can't get from here to there. Uh, this game's pretty broken in the sense that if you know what you're doing, you can pretty much do whatever you need to to beat the game. Uh, and you can even, like, duplicate crystals. We probably won't get into that today, but, uh, you know, that that's that's one of the logics that we do have uh, inside of ALTTPR. So it, all these logics are written and coded, you know, by, you know, the people who do all the ROM hacking for this uh, with the admins and the devs. So, you know, shout outs to them for putting the work in, you know, obviously the community as a whole putting the work in as to what could, can and cannot be done. Um, but yeah, like overworld glitches has been a topic we've, we've been told, Hey, you guys should cover overworld glitches. And, you know, Temp, myself and her have talked about it and we're, uh, we're not the best at the overworld glitches. I know me and Herf kind of know how to do them, but I, I sure don't know how to explain them. <laughs> mm -mm. I just, for the first time, watched a few 
races. Uh, I checked that. I, I checked out Chex's most recent. <laughs> <laughs> that was not intentional, but I'm going with it. Uh, your most recent race that I that I saw on Twitch and, and watched you go through it. And again, you know, from what I was saying before, that was kind of the sense that I got. Is it's like pretty much like NMG, but when it comes to the overworld, it's like, oh wait, he doesn't have the gloves, so how's he gonna? Oh. Oh, oh, okay, okay, all right. I guess you don't need the gloves for that in OWG. Um, so it, it is a really cool thing to watch, and it did make me want to try it out because it, you know, like you were saying, checks. It doesn't seem like that crazy when you hear about major glitches. It seems uh, pretty accessible for somebody who is into, you know, the competitive rules NMG glitches kind of realm. Um, so, right. uh, I guess with that, let's, let's go ahead and, and get into this. Now, one thing I wanted to start with, um, we were talking a little bit before we put the outline together or once the outline was finished, uh, you and I checks, uh, restricted major glitches in the speedrun world and overworld glitches in the ALTTPR world seem like they would be pretty similar rule sets, but, um, you've told me that's not exactly the case. So can you kind of describe the difference between rmg percent versus owg sure <laughs> so before i mentioned that link in rmg is allowed to clip through walls and clip over barriers link's allowed to jump all over hyrule wherever he pleases um link is allowed to go through any kind of wall in the underworld that's rmg overworld glitches means that major glitches like those out of bounds clips are allowed in, in the overworld and the item fill logic, by the way, allows for those clips and requires those clips oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is a very important yeah. distinction. I don't know if we've actually said that out loud yet, but that's the thing about these different glitch uh, requirements that you can set with the seed is, is once you generate it, that if you generate an overworld glitches, it could put an item somewhere that you could only get it by doing an overworld glitch. So it totally changes up the, uh, the logic of the game. Yeah. And then we can, we can think of overworld glitches as a subset of restricted major glitches, just because we're not allowed to clip in the underworld in overworld glitches. One special thing about um, the rules and requirements of the logic in overworld glitches is that minor glitches may be required in the underworld or the overworld, but the underworld is where um, the where minor glitches really shine. And can I tell you why? <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> okay, so... Overworld glitches may be required in the overworld to get Link to travel to dungeons that he otherwise might not have access to. For example, Link can use the mirror to clip out of Death Mountain. So there are a couple of different strategies and techniques where the mirror can be used to clip out of bounds. But once you have the mirror, you can go almost anywhere in the world, even if you don't have Moon Pearl. So you might see Link walking as a bunny down Death Mountain to the left into Skull Woods, and then Link can then enter Skull Woods as a bunny. But you can't really do much as a bunny. What you can do is die to an enemy <laughs> and then revive as Link. <laughs> And that in itself is a minor glitch. A lot of people know about Underworld Bunny Revival. If Link is in 
a dungeon and dies, uh, Link will become Link, basically. <laughs> if you're a bunny, you'll become Link. And basically, this allows us to open chests in something like Skullwoods, where we don't have the Moon Pearl. And, and in Overworld Glitches, the, the Moon Pearl could be found in Skullwoods. Are uh, you still Link when you leave the dungeon? Uh, you are, um, because I, you you usually are, because you haven't defeated Agadim. And what's going on is, if the game thinks that you are in the light world, you will be Link. And the game might think you're in the light world if you die in a dungeon and Agadim is not defeated. Mm. Basically, this is sort of a, just sort of the code of, of the vanilla game. So Randomizer changes that a bit in no major glitches to make Randomizer work. <laughs> so yeah, you're not yeah. dying in a dungeon and leaving and then you're in the light world or something like that. Yeah, because we're, you know, obviously we're used to, you know, we've got a hammer, a glove and a moon pearl and suddenly we're in the dark world where, you know, we're taking deaths because it's our first seed ever. And, you know, obviously we're, you know, not having any weird shenanigans happen, but kind of to elaborate a little bit on what Chex was saying, like if you go into with a overworld glitches category, it has vanilla behavior. Or if you do this on the vanilla game. If you bypass Aghanim without that flag being set that he is beaten, uh, you know, I learned the hard way trying to learn the all dungeons route that if you take a death and you're in what, what we call fake light world, where it thinks you're in light world, uh, then sometimes the crystals won't drop inside the dungeons. And that's a, a real bad time because <laughs> right. the game hard, the game basically hard locks at that point or, and you can't save and quit. You have to like completely reset. It's It's not the... It's not the most ideal situation. Right. That's a funny thing in randomizer hacking where uh, that part of it is totally removed from all modes. Um, Oh, okay. You don't... In the original game, there's what's called a pendant crystal conflict, you know, if you're in the wrong world. Um, Wait, can I just say, I love that phrase. That is an incredible (laughs) phrase. It just like, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. It's incredible. Sorry, please continue. Yeah. Yeah. So there are aspects of glitched randomizer that maintain the original game's code which is great and it's something that provides an interesting obstacle or an interesting strategy like i mentioned agonim determines your kind of overworld situation so if you die in let's say swamp palace and then leave the dungeon if agonim is not defeated then if you transition to the next screen, you'll be in the light world. And if you transition back, you'll you'll be at the dam. You won't be in Swamp Palace. Okay. And you can fix that. Is that that's the thing where you can still fix that fake light world with the mirror, correct? Is that true or no? Yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. So let me create a picture here. You are in uh, the dark world. You go into Swamp Palace. If you die the game will think you are in the light world, but when you exit Swamp Palace, you are on a what's called a fake dark world screen. Fake dark world, real right. light world. And okay. so you'll see those, you know, those moblins and the, the um, snap... Is there a snapdragon there? Um, there, there are enemies... Yeah. No, 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 no. There's a, it's like a bomber. bag. 
Yeah, the Ropa. Bag with the, yeah, that one. The Ropa, that's right. The bag enemy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you're in fi- you're in fake dark world there. And you know, maybe you don't have the moon pearl, maybe you do. Um, but anyway, you're in fake dark world. You can use the mirror at that point, and then then you'll be in the real dark world. And if you don't have the moon pearl, oh, you know, you have to be a bunny now. <laughs> so you can be in the dark world, but you might revert to a bunny. So, so what does it look like when you world, mirror? Um, it just looks like nothing happens. Um, you okay. d- it looks like you don't go anywhere, but it does go okay. through a normal mirror transition. So it looks normal. It's just that you don't actually uh, change the kind of screen you're on. Yeah. But maybe Link will poof into a bunny. And then when you, what it means to be in real Dark World is um, you can transition screens and you'll still be in the Dark World. As a bunny. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> irrelevant, it seems like, because you can kind of switch back and forth with various kinds of glitches and whatnot. Right. Cool. There is one distinction I wanted to make kind of as we're talking about overworld glitches, the logic. Um, there is There are the actual glitches that we're going to be talking about uh, that help you achieve some of these crazy states. And then there's the actual logic itself and the implications of uh, how you move around the world in a typical OWG race, let's say, just for instance. So let's start with uh, talking about the logic a little bit. Um, Checks, uh, kind of as you have been, are there any more kind of things that you could describe that are uh, specific to OWG in terms of routing uh, and being able to like leave out certain items to check certain things? Yeah, so a basic one would be you don't need the Book of Medora to get into Desert Palace. Instead, you can scale any cliff side that you want almost um there are probably three different slopes that i can think of uh, off the top of my head on maybe on the northwest or northeast corners of the screens above desert palace um and then there's the area around what we call k45 where you can enter k45 you can go into checkerboard cave and then you can climb and run jump off go into desert palace um so so like essentially like say k45 and desert palace are sphere one checks so to speak for overworld glitch logic because you could just use your boots to to clip in to to scale like you were talking about and transition into that area Yes, exactly. And in terms of item logic, we will have a very, very large sphere one. So yeah, there be- that was the main thing I noticed. Yes, yeah, it seemed like there was a lot of skipping mirror checks. You know, like uh, um, graveyard ledge, for instance. You could just kind of pop right up there. Um, and there's a lot of like screen wrapping and and things like that, especially when it comes to the mountain. The, the routing for, for uh, Mountain is total Calvin Ball in Overworld Glitches, uh, in my opinion. You, it just looks like you can go and go anywhere and do anything. Um, can you talk a little bit specifically about kind of Mountain routing in Overworld Glitches? Yeah, it's Death Mountain is really fun. And there are two basic principles here. You can get into Death Mountain whenever you like. Um, it doesn't require the glove. It doesn't require flute. And then, once you're on Death Mountain, you have free access to the Dark World portal there, south of Tower of Hera. That means 
you can then descend Death Mountain. It's called the DMD, Death Mountain Descent. And there are different ways to DMD. You can jump off of different ledges that will allow you to descend to the main Dark World area. So you can, once you have, in logic, Moon Pearl, in other words, once you have Moon Pearl, you can go anywhere in the Dark World, you know, anywhere that you like. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing uh, that I noticed when I was watching you play Overworld Glitches is you were able to get into Ganon's Tower early and actually kill Agatou and then continue your quest for crystals after doing that. So uh, Ganon's Tower fully in play in this logic as well, correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, And a lot of people learn how to get into Ganon's Tower with the hookshot. You can set up a hook dash with the sword out or you know but just by holding b it means you have your sword out you don't have to have a sword or you can dash buffer in a similar way to the left um just to uh get link into position to jump off of the screen and into the front of ganon's tower and again overworld glitches if you if you generate a seed with that logic it could put progression items in Ganon's tower because it knows that you can do that, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, The logic is pretty easy to get into. Even though I'm describing a lot of tangential glitches and situations, the overall glitches logic is is pretty straightforward because it expects you to do, you know, these major common sequence breaks, like... Mm-hmm. Early Ganon's Tower, or early Dark World, or early mm-hmm. Death Mountain, stuff like that. Now, um, as much as I want to you know, encourage people who haven't tried something like this to give it a try, I do have to say, as you know, sort of an advanced mode, it does kind of put you into low percent situations a little earlier than I think people are used to in the you know, NMG competitive racing rule set. Uh, you know, you know, kind of similarly to kind of how inverted does, you know, I think people try out inverted and they're like, oh, I, I knew that the logic was going to be different. I had a tracker for that, but I, what I wasn't ready for was fighting all these Lionels with three hearts and green mail, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I did notice, you know, if you are skipping around in the logic a lot, it does put you in situations maybe earlier than you might be used to being in them. So you do have to be ready for some low percent situations. Are there any that are kind of common to OWG or is it just sort of a general kind of thing? Yeah, I agree, except for the case that the available items are greater than mm. the average rando seed not more restrictive you know like inverted is at the beginning yeah however you might have to do some digging in the dark world very early because the dark world is available with moon pearl only or if you for some reason get the mitts that means ice palaces in logic you can fake flipper there that's a minor glitch that may be required in the overworld you can die to the freezer as a bunny <laughs> that that is a minor glitch that may be required in other words underworld bunny revival and then you you might find your moon pearl in ice palace so there may be some tricky low heart navigation situations um but it's not as common as as you would think hmm. 
Uh, That makes sense. I also want to quickly mention, Tim, uh, I think you might be thinking about this a little wrong if I'm reading the outline here, because you're not really skipping ahead in logic. You're doing a lot of glitches, but the logic that you selected, in this case, overworld glitches, expects you to do them, which is then in turn turned into what Chex just said, that there's generally more items available to you at the start because you can go more places. Yeah, I, I I definitely see what you're saying. I guess when I wrote that in the outline, I was thinking like about the vanilla game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it moves you to more advanced places mm-hmm. in, you know, say like Dark World or outside of, you know, Mire where there's some enemies that hit really hard. Like, oh, yeah, that's absolutely correct. There's in that kind of situations way. that, you know, might come up as Chexa said or what you just described where you're just places where you normally wouldn't get through that early in a seed. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's sort of sort of what I meant. But yeah, that no, I had I definitely you're correct in that I hadn't considered that the item pool opens up considerably so you get more things earlier, which is a lot uh, a lot of, you know, a big help as well. So, very good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um I wanted to try to talk a little bit about the actual glitches um that allow some of these, you know, sequence breaks and whatnot understanding that we are in a podcast and trying to to describe them could be uh, anywhere from marginally helpful to not at all helpful. Uh, But if you could uh, kind of just explain some of the glitches, uh, we'll definitely put links in description, so don't worry about that. Um, But just give us a general idea of some of these glitches and a very brief bird's eye view of maybe how to pull some of them off. Sure. So... So a lot of overworld glitches are described by SuperSkudge in the overworld glitches out of bounds tutorial video. This this is a really great explainer about getting Link to navigate all over the overworld. Link can clip out of bounds very easily with Pegasus boots. And what you can do is you can hold the B button, hold your sword out up or down, and then hit left and A at the same time, or hit right and A at the same time, there are certain slopes where Link will just ignore the slope. And Link can just inch to the left or to, to the right. Very, you know, that's pretty much all there is to it. You, you, you can start bypassing barriers. And then when, once Link is in a certain position, there are a couple of different things that might happen. Link might hop link my um, teleport. So you can get into a couple of, of positions where you can teleport link up or down, which will let you make further jumps, get onto ledges that Platforms, you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, teleporting like up and down. Uh, I know that's, that's one of the ways to, like we were talking earlier, like to try and tie this all in. Um, you know, you were talking about getting to the desert palace area. You would be able to do that uh, from where the race game is with a, I think it's an upward teleport. And then you kind of do a, because you're at a weird spot after the teleport, he jumps down to that ledge that you see on the Southern portion of the screen. And then you're able to walk into desert palace area. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. You get in link into a position that is maybe one or two pixels, maybe even three pixels, depending on the slope um, you have a window of where you can begin scooting left or right. For a desert palace in particular, 
there is a a, a singular Y pixel uh, lineup that I always look for, and then I buffer in eight pixels. When you go into a wall eight pixels, often you will be at an upward teleport position, and what that means is you simply press left and down at the same time, and Link will teleport. And we do that by doing a buffered down left input. In other words, while you are swinging your sword, you can hold down left and Link will teleport. Or if you something like that. If you don't have a sword, you could pause the game, and while that menu transition up and down is happening, you could hold your down left, and then when you know the menu stops transitioning, it would basically view that as like a single frame input where you put it in at the exact same time, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So uh, it sounds like what you're describing are these overworld out-of-bound clips like that you do with the boots on slants and things like that. One of the things that was also listed on the uh, glitch list, which we'll provide in the description, which uh, you mentioned to us behind the scenes is actually a pretty good descriptor of the glitches that are available. Um, they also listed mirror jumps, mirror wraps, and mirror clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about those? Right. Let's talk about what's in logic. So we'll start with mirror clips. One of the most well-known mirror clip is you can get Link into a position in the dark world on Death Mountain underneath Hookshot Cave, sort of on the left side of the block entrance. If you use the mirror there, you can inch Link downward in the light world and then transition back to the dark world and then Link can simply hold down and and hop onto the Turtle Rock ledge with the two entrances. So that is a mirror clip, and that's, of course, a major glitch. And it is it may be in logic for Link to, you know, Link can do this as a bunny. You know, the mirror can be used by a bunny. (laughs) Right. And um, you might have to go into Turtle Rock early to find Moon Pearl or the cane of Samaria, things that you would not expect in Turtle Rock. Hmm. Yeah, so, like, yeah, it, it's pretty much, if you can get there in the overworld via these clips, then it's kind of on the table, except for, like, I think a few niche scenarios. And can I talk about something a little bit more complicated with the Please? mirror? Yeah, so go for it. The game might expect you to do a misplaced mirror portal placement. I, I'm not really sure what the title of this is, but basically mm. you can misplace the mirror portal and place it very, very far south in the light world. And a certain placement of the mirror portal will allow you to transition directly into the entrance of the Pyramid Fairy. So there may be progression in the Pyramid Fairy without crystals five or six. Link can do this by uh, wrapping off of Death Mountain. We've mentioned jumping into Ganon's Tower early or DMDs. These, <laughs> there are ways to get Link to not jump into the, <laughs> into the main world, but rather make Link jump onto the top of the screen, like where Tower of Hera is. So once you wrap Link around the top of the death mountain screen you're kind of tricking the game into understanding where your global position is so if you if you wrap link all around the death mountain screen 
you can begin to guide the game in where you want to place a mirror portal. So when, wow. when you do that, if you go all the way down to the bottom of the screen um, and go left to a certain uh, patch of the ground, you just place the mirror, and then you have your mirror portal in front of the pyramid. <laughs> and you say that could be required. Yeah. Yeah, it could oh, be. It's all right. It's really <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So what you, the, de- yeah. describing it obviously sounds super complicated, but yeah. honestly, yeah. like that is one of the. I feel like that was one of the easiest things. Like it felt super intimidating, and then I had somebody walk me through it during like a multi world at one point, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't so bad," you know. And it's not that I get it right every time now, but it's a it's something that it just. It sounds way more intimidating than it is. Hmm. I think that's a wonderful transition into kind of our our final thoughts here. Um, I am, I, I I want I want to get into this. I do, uh, but it sounds hard. So, what is your suggestion to somebody like me who has an interest in this and wants to to give it a go? You know, I think our biweekly seed we'll we'll probably. Put this out there and, and ask people to give it a shot. What would you suggest for them to even wrap their head around, like, you know, completing a seed that has overworld glitches logic enabled? Right. I think the first thing is uh, the Skudge tutorial video. That's, a, I think, a great way to start. Then I would go to, to the Glitched Modes channels of the Discord, of, uh, you know, the main Link to the Past Discord, Glitch Training and Glitch Talk. Um, people are always ready to help any questions um, that come our way. And there are a lot of pins of resources in, in those channels as well. Mm. So um, there are really good overviews of what overworld glitches may be required in a document by Futon. And there's a really good map by Super Mama World. And these give uh, links to videos of every glitch, of every clip. Awesome. And yeah, we'll we'll put some links in our description. Uh, and again, another caution to the listener. Uh, if you just sort of Google this, you may or may not find, uh, you know, up-to-date information. So check out the description of this episode and also some of those Discord channels that, um, that Checks Human just mentioned. Um, last thing before we uh, move on to our wrap-up here. If someone does get into this, they enjoy the, our biweekly seed or, you know, um, make it through a seed or two of this and decide they want to get a little more involved in the community. Uh, what what sort of, uh, you know, what sort of things would you recommend for somebody like that? Is there like a weekly race of this or the, is there a tournament coming up? Anything like that? There is not really a weekly overworld glitches. Anytime someone wants to race it. I will often respond. There will often, <laughs> often be others who, who will respond as well, especially during times when I don't race. So, yeah, pickup races are always an option. And, yeah, so I'm just thinking of overworld glitches specifically. There, There is a preset on the website to just... I, I think it may still... I haven't checked the website um, for this preset lately, but there there is a... Uh, sort of a fast overworld glitches mm. preset where you have fast Ganon, the pyramid goal, the the pyramid hole is open and it's basic item placement. Um, it seems like mm. it's still there. That's uh, categorized as the preset, at least on the ALTTPR.com site as VTORP's favorite, 
which is mm. OWG and then parentheses VTorp's favorite. Right, right. So that's easy to generate. Or you can, you know, join a... When you join a race, it's often 7-7, seven, seven, defeat Ganon. Of course, the first seven doesn't really matter because you can get into Ganon's tower at any time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Good to remember, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Chexhuman, thank you so much for sharing all of this knowledge. Literally could not have done this without you. <laughs> I certainly couldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to uh, answer a couple of fetch questions that we've received and wrap up the episode. Uh, would you like to join us? Sure. All right. Let's go. Okay, so we have two, uh, in my in my opinion, really good fetch questions uh, this week. Um, real thinkers, I think, are going to generate some some good conversation here. So the first one is from Trip, and Trip writes, "Hey guys, I wondered if you have opinions on how fragmented information is within the community. Every event and piece of software seems to have their own Discord server, and unless you're told to look there, it is easy to miss announcements you might be interested in." Personally, it is tough for me to keep things straight, and I'm by no means new to the community. One idea I had to help address this is maybe adding to ALTTPR.com a feed of announcements from the relevant Discord servers, preferably with filters. I'm concerned that anything not added to the official website will just make the problem worse. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. And again, that was from Trip. Uh, well, thank you so much for the question, Trip. Uh, and I'll just start by opening this up to you guys, anyone who wants to jump in uh, with your thoughts on this. Sure. So uh, I, I don't completely disagree with Trip. Uh, some information can be hard to find sometimes, and sometimes it's easy to miss announcements of, you know, hey, there's a new tournament going on, or hey, there's this starting, or something like that. Uh, I kind of agree with that. But on the other hand, I think... Uh, Cynic has done a very good job on the main rando discord of uh, kind of, you know, condensing everything down into one or two channels where stuff is happening. You've got a lot of links to a lot of the discords that are important if you want to kind of keep up with the community. Uh, You've got an announcements channel that is... Uh, like subscribe to a lot of the announcement channels of the various discords so their announcements also show up there Um, he's made a push recently to get most of the discords that i have some sort of you know admin job or something on uh, to switch to um I don't. I forgot what it's called, but it's like you know you it's make a your community server. Oh yeah, community server. So you make your announcements channel subscribable to people or for for other Discord channels. So I think he's done a pretty good job of consolidating a lot of the resources. So that's the first part. The second part is alttpr.com is completely run by Vtorb. And uh, I don't think the idea is a bad one necessarily, but I'm not sure he really wants to clog up the web page with, you know, announcements and then filters and random other stuff. I think he kind of likes it the way it is right now. Hmm. Any other thoughts before I uh, weigh in? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as Herf. Uh, I think that the the feed channel, like if you're in... If you're involved with Randomizer and you're involved with Discord, um, right now there's a channel in the main Discord called The Feed. And, you know, right now that's a big server. There's by default all the notifications, like the push notifications are turned off. What you can do is, you know, right click that for yourself. And basically everything that's pushed there, 
you'll get a notification for. Um, that would be my advice because, I mean, kind of scrolling through here, there's info about race time announcements. Like they, you know, race time made a, an announcement that you can download race results into a CSV spreadsheet and that got posted there. Uh, there's a, you know, the crossover rando with ALTTPR and Super Metroid, like the combo rando that, that had an announcement get pushed there. The league had multiple announcements pushed there. So if you're worried about missing something in multiple discords, my thought is I'd keep an eye on that, but I also wouldn't, since this is just getting started as of maybe six weeks ago, or, you know, or maybe a little more than that, um, you know, more servers are switching over to that community role. More things will come in. Even our podcast is getting announced there, uh, looking through this. So that's actually the Mm -hmm. the last announcement. So, um, (laughs) that, uh, you know, with Herfie's amazing drawing there, uh, or picture there, but we, uh, That would be my suggestion is start there. And if you want it all in one place, that's probably the best place to do it. I'm kind of in the same, like I said, the same boat as Herf. You know, VTorp does manage that website. And, you know, from watching his streams and listening to him talk about development, I know he he really does like, uh, you know, simplicity and not things that are very overly complicated with bogged down with tons of info. So I don't really expect that to change. It could, and I, if it does, fantastic. We'll have another place to put things. But um, right now, the feed is probably uh, the best place to get like everything condensed into one spot right now. Yeah. Uh, Checks. Uh, where do you where do you weigh in on this? How do you feel about the accessibility of information in the community? Yeah, I'm with Dante. I think the feed is a great is a great channel. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like, I checked it out the other day, not really knowing what it was, and I think I saw news about Go Mode Podcast, um, (laughs) and things I wanted to, to listen to, uh, like the Insula episode, um, and so I think that's a great, a great thing. I don't think I have any particular thoughts on community fragmentation, but, you know, in terms of glitching, it's just there are a lot of people doing uh, a, a lot of things, <laughs> so it's hard to keep everything. <laughs> it's active. Contained. It's so active. Yeah, so there's not one established place to store our tech and and knowledge. But by the way, lately there is a lot of of interest in creating more tutorials that will be pinned in uh, glitch training. Um, more tutorials that are text and image based, not necessarily video based. So um, there's a lot more movement from from glitch exploration and glitch hunting to uh, glitch training. Mm-hmm. So th- yeah, there's still the a lot ALT out there, too. but I think it's still pretty contained. Yeah, and I've noticed just in like doing research for episodes, the ALTTP Discord is kind of the main place if you're interested in glitches and glitch discovery and. You yes. know, keeping up with that sort of thing. Yeah, that that really seems to be where the most of the movement is. I t- yeah, I totally do recommend. I I do recommend that server. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'll cap this question off just by saying I totally uh, I commiserate with Trip um, as you know the sort of main producer for this show who puts together our outlines. I am 
having to go to a bunch of different places to find information. Sometimes whole tournaments will pass us by without us noticing because we just didn't get the heads up. No one, you know, we, we just didn't didn't find out that it was going on. So I can definitely relate. Uh, and then also just to say, like, one of the things we try really hard to do with this podcast is to try to catch all of that stuff. So um, in addition to, you know, listening to this show when it comes out, you know, another really good thing about having a podcast and is that we have a website with it. And our episode pages have all of the links to everything that we ever talk about. So I I believe that the episode page of our website is probably the most comprehensive collection of ALTTPR resources on the entire internet and like fight me. Like I, I believe this to be true because I, you know, we, we really try to like cite our sources where we can and help people get involved. And all of the episodes are on one page and, and there's just, you know, hundreds of links to relevant uh, guides and, and servers and all of that sort of stuff. So um, I also did just want to say that community feed is somewhat new. So it is possible Trip might not have known about that. It's possible that a lot of people didn't know about that. So just to say one more time, in the main uh, randomizer Discord server, there is a community feed that, you know, we're connected to. A lot of uh, these other, you know, um, Discords are connected to where they can publish their own announcements to that feed. So as of the recording of this episode, that is probably the absolute best place to keep your eyes on to stay totally updated on everything going on with the community. And then, you know, the next best would be this podcast. And then after that, um, searching around discord servers and then fourth would be like Google. I don't know, but yeah, I agree. I, I definitely uh, commiserate with, with trip. So uh, great question though. Thank you so much for writing that one in. We have one more question. Another one from uh, our friend Saz Saz Saz. So uh, they say, Hey, a little fetch question for you from Saz Saz Saz. Been watching some videos from players such as Andy recently, especially with the SGL qualifiers, and I'm seeing certain low percent strategies that I don't quite have the confidence to pull off yet, such as bombing Landmalus, getting ball and chain guard to tank health down to half a heart so a bomb will cause a death warp, full scripting blind, or taking blacksmith on a full world, world tour. Uh, do you think it's helpful for new slash novice players to watch players like this to learn about what is possible in the game and not be afraid to try the harder stuff? Or is it better to get good at safe strategies first? Love the podcast. Can't wait for the book. And that was from Saz. <laughs> and I, and yeah, we're, don't don't keep waiting on the book because it's not coming. Uh, not yet anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I really like this question because I think it's sort of an analysis of, you know, when do you try to incorporate a high risk play or, or strategy or technique into, say, something like a race setting? Um, so I'll open it up to you guys. What, what do you think about this? What, what is your advice? Uh, I'll, I'll start again. So uh, I kind of want to pick this apart a little bit and look at it from different angles. If I if I can remember everything that went through my head as you were reading okay. out the question. All so right. uh, first of I think watching people that are quote unquote better than you is always a good idea to learn about you know different aspects of the game really about better routing about uh, maybe different strategies for bosses or how you approach certain rooms whatever that's always a good thing uh, that being said i think watching for example andy uh, getting the ball and chain guard to tank his health down so a bomb will cause the death warp 
is something that's good to see. So, you know, oh, okay, you know, so you get the idea. So you're like, oh, all right, so that's a thing that, that I could possibly do. But you're not going to get a feeling for it unless you try it. So just watching people is probably not going to get you there. But if it encourages you, as Saz said in his email, if it encourages you to try those things, even if they might seem intimidating at first, I definitely think that's a plus. Um, and I, at the same time, getting better at the safe strategies is, I think it's never bad or you should never be ashamed to say, hey, listen, I, I don't feel up to the task here. Like I, I can't do a, a low percent mothula or something like that, or I can't do the full blind script. That's why I'd rather get another heart or two. I don't think that's something to feel ashamed of, but I, I don't think you should rely on that forever if you're planning to improve. Because you can only improve if you try to, you know, do the harder stuff, as simple as it may sound. So unless you actually try the blind script or try the low percent mothula a couple of times and you feel, you know, you start getting a feel for it and start getting kind of comfortable with the fight, even if it takes you a couple of deaths at first, uh, you'll, you'll end up getting better at the game and getting faster times and, you know, just being a better play player overall. All right. Um, Dante or Chex, either one of you have any thoughts on this one? Look for the practice hack is is uh, what I would say. Um, and, and then just start bombing, I think. <laughs> 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 um, I, yeah, I think it's helpful to have a balance of uh, learning nor uh, normal strats uh, versus uh, odd, odd low percent strats. But, you know, there is a, a famous... An infamous uh, Berna bomb required Landmo in mm -hmm. a tournament a couple years ago. So yeah. mm -hmm. it's one of those things you might have to know or practice or try live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you might not have a choice when it comes to some of these. Um, I think when it comes to like a risky strat that, you know, if you don't pull it off, it will kill you. Or if you take a little bit more time, you'll get through. I would recommend skipping those unless you have like specifically practiced that one. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be, at least for me, I don't think it would ever be in a position where it'd be worth it to, because I saw something like that, like, oh, I just, I'll never learn unless I do it. Let's go. And then like, just die. You know, I, I don't think that would be a good way to try to implement a new strat. Um, I would want to feel like I had done it a few times before and that there was a good chance that I could rely on muscle memory to pull it off. Uh, while it is true that, you know, the only way to get better at these glitches is to try them, it doesn't have to be during a race that your first attempt happens. So that's what I would say. I'm kind of in the mindset of, you know, when I when I got into Rando, I, I watched a lot, like a whole lot. And I mean, I, I won't lie, just, just like you mentioned here, I watched a lot of Andy. And a lot of that was because when Andy would play and do something hard, a lot of times he explains what he's doing because he's got, you know, a thousand people asking, why is he doing that? You know, or something along those lines. And it's, it's one of those things where to me, the way I progressed at the game was kind of a monkey see monkey do type thing. Um, you know, for lack of better phrasing. And I saw something and I'm like, okay, why did he do that? And then it was, okay, so he saved time by doing this. Like the, the, Ball and chain guard and escape. So if you set yourself up, you don't have to set yourself up to be down at a half a heart. Um, you know, if you've got ten bombs and blue mail, you could set yourself 
to maybe two hearts to give you give yourself a little bit of buffer. Now it's going to take more bombs to kill you. Um, alternatively, you could try and maybe stun the green guard and use that guard when he becomes active again to kill you instead of the bombs. You know that's not as quick as the you know half heart deal, but it's a little safer and you still get the benefit of you know trying like getting back to the front of escape faster to either go to dark cross aga whatever. Yeah, you're still doing the thing. You're not. You're just not doing the most extreme version yeah, that Andy would like, do. Yeah. You know, just I hate to use this analogy. Like, you don't want to do something hard or low percent just because you can. You want to know. You want to know your risk reward, and you want to, you know, analyze that kind of on the fly and say, is it better for me to do this or is it better for me to take a save and quit? If I'm, I going, don't think that. You know, Sorry, go ahead. If I'm on, if I'm going to Dark Cross, then yeah, it's not better for me to take a save and quit. You know, good good night. Back when we had the fall tournament and we had a uh, 50 years in between each save and quit, you know, you uh, you did definitely didn't want to do a save and quit. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think that was a bad analogy, but I also don't think that was an analogy. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a great point though. I, I, I'm bad at describing what I want, but. I know what I want, and I want people to. You got to take some chances in this game, and that's that's mm. like it's rando. Sometimes you got to try and make a galaxy brain play. That's not always the smartest thing, but sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But if you ever want to get comfortable doing something that you feel execution wise is hard to you, then you can practice it. There's no shame in that because everybody who wants to get good at the game is going to practice. But I do believe that you've got to try and at least try and take the training wheels off one day and whether it be a race or just a seed you're playing from start to finish on your own, that's when you say, Hey, I've got this opportunity. I I recognize said opportunity. Let's, let's see if it saves me time. And if it doesn't, then you kind of take notes on what can I improve? Why did this not save me time? Even though I pulled it off and you know, you kind of go from there. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, again, Saz, thank you for that question. If you want to send a question to us on the Go Mode Podcast, you can do so by emailing it to email at gomodepodcast.com. You can also uh, tweet it at us at gomodepodcast. And uh, also there's a feedback channel in our Discord. You can also shoot us a question there. Uh, Chex, again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, can you share with us your Twitch and any other social media so people can uh, watch you watch you play? Sure, it's just my Twitch channel, Chex Human, just as it spelled, just as it sounds, Chex Human. <laughs> Chex likes that's, the cereal, yeah. human. Like, <laughs> like, can you? Would you mind sharing with us the origin of the name? Because it's a it's a neat name, and then you've got the avatar of the the fish from Super Mario RPG, and it's it's just so distinctive. I love it all. Do, can you okay t- share that with us? Sure, Chex Human is uh, from a list of randomly generated usernames. Um, in the theme of rando, I was interested in, you know, randomizers and puzzles and stuff. So, um, the, uh, cheap, cheap is from super Mario RPG from a puzzle, uh, section of Bowser's castle. So Mm. I just thought it was a, a good image that I wanted to use and I just haven't changed it. It's a great image. Yeah, it's so distinctive. Like, I, I love that puzzle and that game. And uh, yeah, it's like all of your 
Like when I was doing research for this, like every place that you can have an avatar, you have that and it's that fish. And it's just like, hell yeah, there's checks human. It's, it's great. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah, you can watch me play if you wanted to do that. Uh, Twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Also I'm working on music still. Um, my co-hosts are twitch.tv slash herfy derfy and twitch.tv slash D-A-A-A-N-T-Y. <laughs> um, shout outs. Does anybody have any shout outs for this week? Uh, not really, to be honest. Okay, I'm I'm just glad the fall is here. You know, nice nice cool weather, at least in the northern hemisphere. And uh, you know, it I, it's tournament season again too with ALTTPR. So league and SGL online going on. So a lot of a lot of excitement in the ALTTPR community. Yeah. Feels good. It's it's uh, it's rainy here right now currently, but like the weather's been cool and yeah, it's real nice. Um, I want to shout out uh, a friend of mine. This is a guy I was in a musical group with back in 2008, and uh, just found out recently he's get he's getting into ALTTPR. Uh, and so of course when I found this out, I had to be super obnoxious and be you know like in his streams all the time and and uh, just like very interested in, in his what he's got going on. So I checked out his streams and it's it's really well put together. He's a musician like me. He's a percussionist and um, he is uh, uh, you know streaming quite a bit and he also plays a little bit on his stream. Um, and that's J Bo Music. So it's J B E A U underscore Music. Uh, on Twitch, um, it's it's my buddy, uh, it's my buddy James. So check him out, uh, check out his stream. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that's super helpful. We also have the donate button if you feel so inclined. Uh, but yeah, that will do it for us this time. Another uh, huge thank you to Chex Human for joining us. And uh, let's go ahead and mirror clip out. Mm-hmm.